0: So I thought for Mother's Day, uh, with this text today and, and, and the story of Jesus and his mother, maybe it might be interesting to get a little glimpse into a story of my own and, and my, me and my mother and, and our relationship in a, a strange moment uh, in my life. Um, something that's interesting about our family is I feel like we didn't have people over to our house a lot growing up. I, I never really was hosting my friends. It feels like, I don't know if I can count my friends showing up at my house. Uh, but we went over to their house all the time, and that was just a fact of life. And so we're, we're getting close to my birthday. It's coming up in a, in a little bit of, like, a, I think a week away now. And one year in high school, I had a birthday, and I had presents. And as you want to, you kind of want to show off your presents, right? You, you get something new, and you want to show it. But if your friends don't come over, and you then have to go and show them presents elsewhere... And so I got a special present. Um, I got a present from my brother, which was a knife. And I was told one rule, you don't take that to school. Well, I didn't see any of my friends. And it's a special gift. I was like, hey, this is so fun. And so, of course, I brought my knife with me to school. And you know, you got to be careful with your friends. Uh, I, I, I had a friend, we were passing hallways from one class to the next, and he said, hey, can I see that? And I said, sure, you can see my knife. And so he has my knife. Class has started. He opens the knife. The teacher starts to look his direction, and he panics, and he realizes, I need to hide this. And he doesn't realize how to close one of these knives, and he can't do it. So you press the button, and you can close it, which would have been great information to have. Uh, so he got caught with my knife, and so I had to go and talk to some teachers, and they were kind of fine with, hey, don't do this again. Like, we, we could tell there's no ill intent, you know, you're not trying to mess with anybody, it's just, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, teachers talk, just like everybody else talks. And so somebody talks to somebody who talks to somebody, and suddenly someone is asking the headmaster, like, hey, did you hear that, that Dallas had a knife on him today? What? And of course, you finally reach the person who says there's a punishment coming. And so I, you know, we're now a couple class periods later, and now I have to go to the office again in a different office. And uh, they, one of the punishments that came about was uh, you need to call your mother. And so I have to call my mother, and, you know, I don't know what she's going to expect or what she thinks she's going to hear on the other line. Hey, the knife to school. You kind of know what happened now, right, you know? Uh, and so uh, that's how she found out that, you know, I got uh, suspended, my only suspension from school because uh, I I brought a knife. Yes, I shouldn't have brought the knife. Uh, I also had friends who maybe carried it around too prominently. Um, but that was kind of a fun occasion when you look back and think about those, those bad decisions and whatnot. Uh, but that phone call was interesting. How do you let your mom know you, you brought something you shouldn't have brought? You've done something you shouldn't have done. And people have those stories in their life. Some of those things seem trivial and small, and some of them seem large. But in the moment, all of those feel large and heavy and hard to share. And so I was reading through God, the Gospel of John, and I, and I came across this story, and I was thinking about Jesus talking to his mother. And I had a question realization who on earth told Jesus' mother that he had been arrested? Who told her that he had, was going to be crucified? And, you know, we're all kind of famously, I think, aware of Christmas time singing, Mary, did you know? And we think about it about the birth, about everything to come after. But how did she hear about this day, that Good Friday was coming? And part of that is what was their relationship like, and, and how would she have heard this? Because she wasn't traveling around with Jesus and his disciples, and so, you know, was she also on, a, on this Passover festival trip, and so she's happening to be in Jerusalem, and she hears through the rumor mill, like the teacher's talking to teacher, and finally it makes it their way. And like, oh, I, I shouldn't have said that. Mary heard. Or, or did somebody have a heart to go look for her, and find her, and let her know? Uh, but somehow she found out the worst possible news that she could have heard that day. And I think about the relationship Jesus had with his mother, and like every relationship, it's probably more complicated than we assume or than we just kind of simplify in our brains. But we have Jesus and his mother, and in the Gospel of John, it's kind of interesting that Mary's never called Mary. Uh, She's always the mother of Jesus, And even in the story when he addresses her, he says woman, but he doesn't say her by name. And so that might actually be reverence and prominence that her name is already, of course, known to the community, but she's just known by her social status as the mother of Jesus. And we don't get much information about her in the Gospel of John, but, you know, in Luke especially, we get a lot of information about Jesus and Mary, particularly we get the angel giving the announcement to Mary that she's going to have a child. You know, we get Simeon prophesying about all that's going to happen in Jesus' life and that some of this might feel like a sword piercing your very soul. And and there's kind of hope and gloom in the midst of of this kind of prophecy. And then there's that famous story where uh, Mary and Joseph realize after a day, where's my boy? Where's Jesus? And he's out in the temple and he's saying, hey, well, shouldn't you know, I'm, I'm I'm at my father's house. And you know, there's this interesting relationship and dynamic, and there's this one really fascinating story that happens in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, where Jesus is doing his ministry, and he's healing people, and people are conjecturing, how is he doing this? And the story says that people think he has an unclean spirit. He must be mad. He must have something else going on. And it's in that context that Jesus's mother and his brothers show up, looking to go take him home. And the people in the house are like, hey, you see your your mom and your brothers are outside. And Jesus is looking, you know, around the room and says, you know, who is my mother? Who are my brothers? Those who do God's will are my family. And that shows that their relationship wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always ideal. And and some of that just is the messiness of life and and distance and, and all of the weirdness of life, sometimes we don't find ourselves as close to those we love and care for as we would like to be. And so Jesus has some separation from his family and his life, and, and the Gospels talk about that as, you know, God, God, God has a mission for you, and sometimes that means families are divided, that, that you are meant to, call, to follow God's call, and sometimes that separates us, but there's a family of God that's bigger, And so even Jesus is feeling some tension in his family life. No matter what that tension was like, no matter what it will be like, one day Jesus is arrested and somebody has to tell Mary that he is going through pain. And that he might be on the way to death. And so I wonder what Mary thought when she heard this news. You know, did she hear this news and did she think, you know, I told you so? You know, did she hear this news and say, that's why I tried to take you home? That people aren't gonna respond to this, and maybe I want to keep you safe. And, you know, is she is she frustrated? Is she sad? It, you know, what's going on in her heart to hear that her baby, and we all know parents, A kid is always baby. Your baby is arrested. And so Mary makes her way to the cross. And this is actually the only Gospel that has Mary, Jesus' mother, at the crucifixion scene. And here she's standing with a relative and some other people and the beloved disciple. And Jesus sees them standing close to Him. They're nearby in the story. And He sees this, this disciple, this friend whom He loves. And He sees His mother who He loves. And he wants to take care of her. You know, in the midst of all of that pain, he takes a moment to provide for his mother, who, you know, we don't see Joseph anymore. We presume that he probably has passed away. Who's going to take care of mom? And on this moment of the cross, he, he looks at his friend and his and his mother, and he says, Hey, hey, mom, hey woman, here's here's your son you know you you might be losing me in this moment but here's a son take care of him and beloved disciple you're going to lose me in this moment for this moment but here's my mother take care of her as your mother and in the midst of that he's caring for both of them in this loss and i appreciate that this is a moment that shows that being a mother is not just a biological thing. Yeah, she she has a biological she has biological children but but you also have social children. You have people that you nurture that you mentor that you support that you take care of. And you can mother this this disciple who 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 needs support and care in this time. And so Jesus is is inviting this new family to emerge in the midst of this painful moment. And I want to invite all of us that you know, some of us are blessed to have family members that we can take care of and support. Uh, And some of us feel alone. But you don't have to be alone. There are people that God points you to and says, hey, here's here's a child of mine that I, I could use your support, mentor up, care for this child of mine. And you might feel parentless. And God sees you and says, hey, there's this mentor figure, there's, there's this mother, there's this parent that you might find wisdom from that might be a, a mentor on this journey of life for you. Here's your mother. And we're all invited into this, this family of God, and that's part of what's so powerful about church is it's bringing together people who might not otherwise be together. Bringing in all of the outcasts of society. Everyone who feels like they're separate and cut off. Your family. Brothers and sisters. Parents and children. Here they are. Take care of each other. Love one another. And in this scene, Mary learns how to let go. How to submit to kind of... I don't understand what's going on. This is painful, but I'm not going to control the situation and I can't control the situation. And what I think is super powerful about this story is the Gospel of John has Mary show up two times. John chapter 2 with the the turning of water to wine and here in John 19 at the cross. And when the scene ends, Jesus is going to turn and say, I am thirsty. And they're going to offer Him sour wine and vinegar and and, you know not the good stuff and in John 2 Jesus takes the water situation and makes the good wine hey why'd you leave the best stuff for last and in that John 2 scene you have Mary walking around kind of like hey Jesus we could use some help here and Jesus like hey it's not my time don't don't ask that of me right now and Mary's like okay hey servants listen to him I know He can take care of us. And she's pushing, Jesus, I need You to to make wine. I need You to make life happen. Help this this celebration uh, be the joyous occasion we want it to be. And here in this moment with the cross happening, resigning yourself to realizing this isn't going to be the joyful celebratory day. This is a day of sour wine, of pain, and I'm not going to ask anything of Jesus. I'm going to be able to let go and, and just listen and hear His words and hear Him connect me with this beloved disciple to connect me as a, as a parent figure to Him. And it says that from that day on, the disciple allowed her to be in His home with Him and that they became a family. And, and she was able to let go and accept this new family situation that had come about. And I think of how hard it is as a parent and I'm sure as a mother especially to let go of that person you loved, you you helped walk, you helped live in this world and to let them go to where God is calling them to go. You know, how hard was it for Mary to let Jesus go out into the world and there's always all these fights happening around where He's at. People love Him and people hate Him and, and how do I let that happen and I feel like I want to control it But we are all, as parents, called to raise up our families and raise up people and mentor people to release them into the world to be all that God made them to be. And it's hard to let go. And Mary in this moment is allowing this this situation. I I have no control of it. And I just have to let myself figure out how to experience this, take comfort in finding new, new family Uh, to grieve alongside of in this painful moment. And I think about all of our community that we have people who have definitely already seen those that they've cared for and nurtured. We've seen them go out into the world. Some people on the other side of the world, actually internationally going and following their calling out in the world. Some people going out into the world is next door. Uh, But wherever God is calling us, we have to allow those we raise up to go out into that new world. And that can be painful. But we hope that there's an Easter Sunday on the horizon. Whatever the pain of letting go is, that eventually there's a sunrise, that there's life, that there's excitement. I don't know how we got to that celebration day. But look, life is happening. The end isn't happening. There's still hope. There's life on the horizon. And just as Mary had to go through those dark days with hope and faith and trust that God would bring about newness of life for her child, so we all, as we let go as in our parenting life, and especially for all mothers, uh, whether that's biological or social, you raise people up to let them go and trust that God has a future and a path for them and will bring them to a celebratory, hopeful Easter day, Hopefully soon. You know, it might not be three days, it might not be three years, but our longing and our hope is for that day where the resurrection hope brings all of us back together, all broken lives, all all separation that still exists, that we might all return back to one another. And so on this Mother's Day, I hope uh, that you feel God's presence in your midst, that if you are longing for relationships and for presence that is not around especially in a quarantine life. I hope that you can just sit with God and say, you know, God, let this, let this day eventually pass and let there be hope and Easter presence soon. Uh, but may you, may you be able to rest in God's presence in that in-between, between now and then. May you look around you, looking for that person near the cross. May you find somebody to raise up There's always a new day to look for someone to mentor, to take care of, to support. Uh, May you have watchful eyes for who you might uh, raise up or connect to someone else. And may you, like the beloved disciple, respond faithfully when you are invited uh, into those relationships and offer, you know, welcome people into your life, welcome them into your homes. Uh, Obviously, in quarantine life, that looks a little different. Uh, but welcome them into your life where you're going to care for them, nurture them, pray for them, support them. And may we all be a part of God's building of a wider family, a family that brings in all people that are cut off from one another. And may we, in the midst of whatever pain, be brought together with a hope that there's another day, another life, another Easter day coming. So would you join me in prayer? God, we, we thank you for the life that you have given us, for the life that gives us strength and energy. Lord, some of us are tired, and I know I'm sure that there are some mothers out there who are tired. Lord, we ask for energy, for courage, for strength uh, to say yes to your will, uh, to show up, to be present to those that you invite into our lives. We ask that you would give us uh, the, the courage and hope that we can let go and and not have to try to control things, but, but say yes to whatever your will might be in our life. And Lord, I, I just want to um, say a, a thank you to the the mothers, the fathers, the brothers, you know the families that have brought us to this moment, and especially on this day, to those who have, who have mothered all of us. Uh, our mothers whether biologically or socially lord thank you for bringing those people into our lives help us to better say thank you to better acknowledge our our gratitude and our support and help us to realize how much that has mattered in our lives so we might say yes to you as we as we uh, mentor and raise up the next generation lord we thank you and we praise you and it's in Jesus' name that we pray Amen.